This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 433, Zooming While You're Zooming. Hello and welcome again to another edition of GamesAtWork.biz. This is Michael Martin, one of your two Michael co-hosts in attendance this week. Uh, back again. Uh, missed you guys last week, Michael, and uh, we're missing Andy this week, who is doing his uh, undisclosed location, uh, sleeping under the stars. So we're wishing at least Andy that's a lot what of good fun. we want them to believe. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Could be doing something else. Yeah, <laughs> for all Could we know, be sleeping on a star. That would be hot. Could be wishing on a star. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we've, we've got a great show here, all full of things, Apple and games and AI and automobiles and no planes or trains this show. But let's get right to it because there's some fun things going to happen. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, we teased an idea uh, that we were going to spend at least a few minutes on. Uh, from National Public Radio, National Public Radio, uh, who has a show called Marketplace. And the Marketplace has done a collection of shows called Skin in the Game. Yes. Uh, that's their series. And we wanted to share this with our audience because it's kind of sort of a validation of, Michael, some of the things that you and I and Andy and... Gosh, going on way back, Ian and Matt and everybody I was else. I say, sharing, including right? Matt. You know, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the the notion here, um, and and we're, we'll we'll kind of set it up for you, but we'll encourage you to give it a listen. Is it's a group of shows um, and and podcast style episodes that have been done by the Marketplace team over at NPR, and they talk about the business of games. They talk about the uh, economics of the game and game industry, which has grown to be larger than the movie industry, which I think always shocks people when they hear that because you think of your blockbuster movie that took $200 million to produce. Uh, well, I made a billion dollars, right? And yeah. A billion dollars, right? Some of these games have, have been much larger than that. Absolutely. And some of them have taken a little longer to produce <laughs> than, than, than that too. Um, they they do focus on a set of um uh, of capabilities that are called game heads that are out in California. The game heads program is designed to help people, young people who are between fifteen and twenty five or so, with their lived and shared experiences around being gamers themselves, have the opportunity to take part in the gaming industry. Uh, and again, by gaming, we're not talking about those that uh, you know you find in Las Vegas, but more so the technology related to games and game gamification and the like. Uh, for all the elements of design, construction, visual elements, and drawing upon the stories in their shared experience in life to create games. Much, Michael, in the way that if you remember what Ian Bogost shared uh, with us when he was a guest on our show yep. around serious games and and kind of pointing out interesting uh, humorous or flawed elements in human society today um, that 
uh, can be represented and described in a game. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this series. Uh, I've listened to a couple of the the, the shows uh, in it. I'm a I'm a big fan of Marketplace uh, and their partnership with the BBC for our uh, listeners in uh, in the UK. Uh, they do some shows with the BBC too, and uh, the, this whole series was was interesting and continues to be interesting because I think they're doing kind of almost monthly episodes is what it really comes down to. Um, mm-hmm in the sense of, of, like you said, it kind of mirrors a lot of the things we've been talking about for over a decade now. So it's kind of really neat to see it. And they, they really have a good staff of digging into the details. Sometimes we don't get to get, go anywhere near that deep. So if you enjoy our show, I highly recommend you, you let them know that you're listening to their show because of games at work.biz. Yes, and and we should um, definitely let Kai Rizdal know that we're talking oh, yeah. about this show here. And oh, and Kai, course. if you ever need any guests on your show, you know, just, just Andy, give us a Michael, ring, you know. yeah, we're 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 around. We'd be happy to to join in and you know provide some thoughts and experience, color commentary, <laughs> yeah, all that kind of good stuff. But um, but speaking of color commentary, there was yes. this is the week, right? This was the week that we've all been waiting for. For people to open their wallets uh, or their snark machines uh, and and uh, watch what Apple uh, announced earlier this week. So we've got a of whole course we're not an Apple of, podcast. We are not, uh, but there are a slew of links that have come in this week uh, that we'll be talking about briefly. Um, and and I I actually for one thought uh, that their overall messaging this time was very strong. Even though, if you go deep, the technology changes that they brought forward were a little bit lighter than normal. Uh, well, it, every event that Apple puts on round about this time of year does focus on iPhone. And that is the, it is the, the, iPhone the event. main driver, exactly. Yep. So, wasn't surprised that there wasn't an entire uh, cavalcade of products uh, rolled out for this particular event, but for those that were, were some rather interesting and exciting, uh, not revolutionary, but significant evolutionary. I, updates. I thought they were from last year, they were fairly incremental. Yeah. Right. Um, every two years, which is kind of my upgrade cycle. I still think they were good. I mean, there's stuff that I, I probably would have forked over the dough, right? Uh, but uh, I, I, I thought the story was less about what incremental new functions they provided than how they're providing them. And, you know, in, in the same mindset as Marketplace, right? If you take a look at the, at the keynote... And and we're going to hit some stuff about their their uh, their uh, recycling and other technology discussions. They've they've introduced two updates, iPhone and Watch, uh, that I think will make them some really significant margins, <laughs> right? Because they've they've increased the amount of recycled material from and they've they have for the last few years been very aggressive in getting people to trade in their old devices okay yes and they don't pay as well as other places where you can sell your old devices uh but if you think about that as a means for 
allowing them to create more new product from the recycling of old product that should really help their margins and since it wasn't a radical improvement uh at least not at the high end right um they i think they've done a really good job of messaging to get people exciting excited but what's unique there to me it was no different than kind of really what happened last year maybe on the camera it was big but everything else was kind of like, well, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. The things that got me rather excited about this Apple event was the stage setting for what's to come with Vision Pro. Yes. And the notion of the high-end 15 Pro and Pro Max camera set is going to be the really intriguing element to uh, have now a capture video capture device that could be enjoyed, experienced in full resolution in Vision Pro. So it, again, if you're bought in into the 3D Apple ecosystem, in Vision Pro, yeah, that's the key. If you're bought into the Apple ecosystem, this is like, hey, come in right now. Like the the example of uh, capturing the the fire and the guitar playing on yep. the beach at night, and that you can now relive that experience and share it with other people through an immersive Vision Pro, which kind of dims the lights for you and lets you feel like you're sitting right there on the beach with feeling and, the sand in your toes and the and, strange. And, and I'm waiting for my friends to share lots of 3D video for me when I get my Vision Pro early next yeah. So that's that's the whole plan, right? Yeah. So how are you going to do that? Well, you're going to need to have new levels of iCloud so that you have enough room for all that. You're going to have to have yes. enough terabytes worth of space on your device. You know, the the 512 gig might not quite get you there if you are trying to record a bunch of things in that level of fidelity. So it, it it's a it's a woven thread yep fabric almost if you will that takes all of these pieces together and and brings them forward and and uh, and does so in a way that is ecologically sustainable and, and i think michael that was one of the pieces that you were going to comment on especially from the mother nature video oh i i love them okay so so let's 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 set the stage so um every year for the last few years uh apple has uh spent time talking about you know how much recycled material that they're doing? Um, what's the, the the reduction in the carbon footprint that they're generating with things that they're creating, et cetera? So, and and they did some of that this year with things like um, I think there's certain combinations of watches and bands together that become a neutral carbon footprint. And and from what they were saying, it's not just their part of it. It's the entire supply chain for that product. So that's where it's impactful. So that's the first thing that I thought that was really, really interesting. But they, they made this video, it was about five minutes long, uh, with uh, Octavia Spencer. That was the, the executive team and, and, um, and uh, ecologically friendly team, ESG team, at uh, Apple Park waiting to have their meeting and they're getting a review from Mother Nature. And 
there's been a lot of um, talk online, pro and con against this video. I loved it. I thought it was great. It gave an opportunity for Apple to take something that was traditionally a set of dry numbers and words that they would say, you know, 80% of our products are made from post-consumer waste or whatever, right? Uh, or we've been able to do carbon offsets and reduce the cost of our energy by 15%, right? Uh, into a story that allowed them to describe in much graphic detail what they're actually doing to reduce the carbon uh, footprint of their products and the company as a whole, as well as to take some really good, I won't even say subtle, I'll say digs, just digs at some of their competitors. Um, because uh, they they get to the point at one point in the video where they're talking about, you know, uh, I think it's the, the, the 2030 plan, right? There's a comment by Mother Nature, something to the effect of, I'll say it, you know, this is the show me state, right? Don't, don't talk about something you're going to do eventually, right? 10 years from now or 20 years from now or 2050, you know, 30 years from now, which is really 27 years from now, um, where, where none of the people I'm talking to are going to be here anymore. So it doesn't matter what they say. They're not going to be the ones at fault for not achieving those numbers. Um, but it's like, you know, our target for 2030 on these specific things are bop, 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 and we've already hit it on these. We're going to hit these other ones in the next two years. I mean, short time frames. And let's face it, the market and most people can't focus on long-term activities, right? So if, if you're making these statements, you're doing so in an entertaining way. Um, there's a little comedy in there. Uh, it I think it tells a better story. It's something that's more consumable. It's, it's people to talk about these numbers a little bit more than just, yeah, I saw a slide at the end of the presentation where they talked about the carbon footprint. It's offset by 15%, blah, 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 blah. And to me, I thought this was a great way to present the material in a way that will have a much more lasting effect on people's memory than just a slide in a deck. Probably so. Probably so. And what, what I thought was interesting, too, was this is now leveraging back again to the Apple ecosystem with Apple TV and the shows that are being produced on Apple TV by Apple for this. It really kind of shows the muscle getting flexed there, mm -hmm. uh, leveraging characters that, you know, you know, like Tim Cook as a character. Right. So it was um, it was an interesting and entertaining way to kind of showcase that. And it, it was less than a few hours after that that I saw already on an internal work focus slack, uh, a meme of Tim Cook looking down the end of the table with that expression on his face when he's talking to Mother Nature. That is mm. just hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty darn funny. So we've got a couple of articles here talking about the carbon neutrality and the various product sets and, and what this really means. It is, um, it's an important way for people that are more and more attuned to the idea of, I want to buy things and make a difference in the current economic and, um, the climate climate to climate climate has the climate climate for words right uh to 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 have an impact yeah. and i kind of i kind of also harken back to the the robots that apple had showcased before that would deconstruct mm -hmm. the return devices to then create 
the supply chain for that level of reusable non-virgin material that is now being sold afresh with new capabilities, faster speeds and feeds and all the other kind of good stuff too. Makes yeah. me want to get some of the materials that I still have in my house out of my house too. Th- because that's I have it, right? Because old Macs and stuff like that that need to go. The the, the most the most um, the, the least carbon impact is just not buying new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you're going to buy new stuff, using it from recycled materials and then taking your old devices and having them recycled too, is is a net positive. Now, what I what I do really appreciate is that Apple has done a great job, too, of compatibility of their various products with one another. And one of the new, well, it's not a new product. It's one that's been around for a while. Um, when I'm looking at the compatibility list, it goes back all the way to iPhone 5, the iPad mini. Uh, oh, yeah. It would probably work also with, you know, older versions of the iMac going back to 2014 even. Is it, what it, it may even work with my, my um, iPod video. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be fun? So what we're talking about, in case you're wondering, is that the polishing cloth is available. You could put it in your cart and you can buy it today from Apple and it is compatible with all of these devices so you can keep them all squeaky clean and, you know, even with the nano texture glass. So don't don't put that off because they do sell out. And that was a problem when they did. Let's shift gears just a smidge to look at some AI. And we have an article in here from the Insider, from Business Insider, and it is talking about the amazing set of capability for AI to write its own code. And so the 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 premise of this article is within uh, a, a very short span of time, seven, seven minutes, minutes uh, for less than a dollar, you can create software by essentially assembling a team of artificial intelligence agents to act in various roles like the chief technology officer and more and have them chat with one another to create the specs that would turn into the design that turns into finished code that can now be deployed and 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 you know to make it even more appropriate for our um podcast uh, i believe they were creating a game were they not? Well, they were they were creating basically the five in a row game. So yeah. it's it's a version of Go where the objective is uh, more complicated than a tic tac toe, less complicated what, than chess, but it what, is sufficiently what's, sophisticated. What's the stand up kids game where you drop the chips Connect in? Connect four. Connect four. So this is Connect five, basically. Yeah. Although it doesn't require gravity and you can place a tile anywhere you want to on the board. But yes, it's essentially connect four uh, in that way. So it was it was interesting to read through the article and think about this in terms of these agents chatting with one another. And it brought to mind um, some of the examples that we've heard before where through machine learning, uh, the agents don't need to speak English when they're chatting with one another. They can determine that there's a more efficient way of communicating, which is not going to be an English language. Uh, Didn't say that here in the article, but that reminded me of that subject. And it reminded me also, oh gosh, I I won't remember the name now, but there's there's been that most recent example of the 8-bit sort of uh, game experience we talked about a couple of episodes ago that's Mm. recently gone open source. Little top-down ants. Yeah, uh, well, uh, kind of, sort of. It's they, the they same avatar really sort of people. thing. 
Yeah, same sort like, of avatar uh, representation. Doing a, a, a dinner party or a tea party or something. Yeah, it started off with um, one of the avatars is having a Valentine's Day party oh, and they Valentine's want to Day. invite other people. Yeah, so, so, so it was probably uh, one of our episodes earlier in the year in the February-March time frame. Yeah, I'll find it when we when we get to show notes time for that so you can go back and check it out. But that that visual representation is really not what's important here. It's what's more important. It's these uh, these agents now speaking with one another. The the part there that I I never know how to take this, right? It says the the generated software was 86.6% executable flawlessly. I don't know. Well, what that, that just means. means it did what it said it was supposed to do. Yeah, it doesn't does, mean did it meet worked. the design criteria? <laughs> um, it, it could execute flawlessly and still have bugs, like logic bugs, right? Sure. Uh, so, and 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 I think of you know other systems where systems that I work on in my day job, right, are used to create systems that are required to have five nines of availability or higher. Right. So if people don't understand that term, that's 99.999%. Um, so, so 86 would be a huge failure from that perspective. But again, depends on the, the, the design parameters that we're talking about here. Yeah. And the readers of this are probably not nearly as sophisticated as you are with your experiences. So they're probably going, wow, that's, you know, that's 86. That sounds great. Yeah. That's a B plus. <laughs> Yeah, well, the the notion of having custom software that can be written in minutes to accomplish a goal for uh, for you that's tailored specifically to you is the 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 mass personalization structure we've talked about now for a while, and we've talked about mass personalization across a whole variety of projects, and Including cars. we've talked we've talked about them around cars, <laughs> and uh, I saw this interesting article. Um, over the last week after the show with you and Andy around the cars. And uh, there was an intriguing one around cybersecurity risks dealing with, uh, what was the phrase here? Um, uh, car hackers are out for blood. And yes. what was going on here was jailbreaking cars uh, back uh, from from a couple of uh, PhD students from the Technical University of Berlin, uh, uh, alma mater for me. I happened to attend school there for a while, um, or university, I should say. And they found a way to jailbreak their way into a Tesla and get the heated seats for free. So that was a, an interesting thing in my, in my book of isn't this sort of thing going to happen also more and more and more? Well, and... You don't have a DMCA sitting in Germany. Well, I I, I, re I read this article and I got you know further down into it. They talk about security implications of connected vehicles and all this other stuff. And I'm like, I, I remember you know when I was working with the auto industry and we actually talked about it on the show back then in like 2013, yep. 2014 about the security vulnerabilities in cars. We had a whole section for a while of different car hacks, right? Yep. And, you know, the first one, the, the auto industry said, oh, yeah, but they had to rip the dash off in order to get to the system and hack it. And yep. then the second one was like, oh, but then they had to, you know, they could do it remotely, but they could only do one vehicle at a time. And then and then they came in through the uh, one of the bands system. on the radio and it's like, oh, you mean you can hack 10,000 vehicles at the same time? <laughs> Oops. And that was 2014. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and we're only getting more and more and more connected. And. One of the manufacturers, I'm, I'm 
I'm not going to mention which one, but the way they described their defenses still sounded like security through obs- security through obscurity, which is what I call not having security. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, wishing uh, and a hoping. Yeah. So uh, I. I thought this was a really interesting article, um, and and as more vehicles try to make their money off of software upgrades, you're going to incent more and more people to go down the path of hacking. Yeah, and if you're trying to make money off of software upgrades, that will prevent people from doing it because mm-hmm. now they've been conditioned that software upgrades should be free. So you will actually have bigger security exposures if that but, becomes but the, the norm. But the good news is, if, if you are worried about this, you can just get your crack security team together as they're driving down the road in their Mercedes and get on a Zoom call <laughs> and use the whiteboard and mark it up, right? <laughs> yeah, so th- this is funny. I, I saw this earlier today, and I can't believe I did not see all the articles on this very same subject from earlier this year. I think some of them went back as far as like February. Yeah. Um, Zoom, uh, WebEx, TikTok, our whole range of capabilities that are being exposed through MBOS or MB.OS, which is the, the Mercedes operating system for the extraordinarily large screen that is uh, oh, embedded in these. It's, it's super, super deluxe. And uh, you and I were both thinking, oh my gosh, this is not conducive to driving. And then Michael said, well, there, there's actually a use case here if the car is autonomous, right? Yeah. Once the cars are fully autonomous and everyone's required to be in fully autonomous cars, then it's just another office. Yep. Yep. And if that's I don't the want case, to get to that, that would make sense. If if we get to that, uh, I'm I'm going to be like Neil Pert and go off and uh, drive my red Barrachetta. <laughs> and if you don't know that and we'll don't know the phrase, notes. watch the video. You'll be like, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Well, Michael, that kind of gets us to the end of our show for today. So uh, how can people find us? What can they do to make sure they're connected? I I, I think the first thing that they should do, because if you're listening, you already know how to find us, and you should just rate us on your favorite podcatcher so others can find us. And if this is the very first time that you found it because you saw a rating, why don't you come over to our website at gamesatwork.biz, comment on the show notes, or drop us a link or or an idea. Uh, We're on Mastodon at games at work uh, underscore biz at bots in space. It's like pigs in space. But, but you'll bots. find that at games at work dot biz. Dot biz. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for joining. See you. You've been listening to games at work dot biz, the podcast about gaming technology and play. We are part of the Blueberry Podcasting Network and would like to thank the band Random Encounters for their song, Big Blue. You can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork underscore biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz. Music